1: Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh,
2: funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say
1: that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer we oh, gonna check me, bro Hey
0: everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I am Dylan Hafer, and as usual on our Wednesday episodes I am joined by Jordana Abraham Hi
2: Hi, thanks for having me back I was very weirdly high-pitched high Hi Um, I'm excited to be back here as the seasons heat up.
0: I know as as two people who spend a lot of time talking into podcast microphones, I feel like you just have to get used to the fact that sometimes you sound weird.
2: (laughs) I know it's never perfect. It's never perfect.
0: Yeah, I've had to leave all my feelings about hearing my own voice, you know, at the door.
2: (laughs) That's honestly, that's the best part of hosting a podcast. I feel like because you're
0: sort of subjected to your voice so much that it
2: loses its like cringe factor.
0: That is definitely true. In high school, I hosted we had televised morning announcements and I hosted one day a week on the morning announcements, so that was kind of my um indoctrination into not caring about how my voice sounded, but Okay. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, too.
2: you've had a lot of um practice. But yeah, for me, I think until I started a podcast, I was every time I heard my voice, I was like, "Ugh, who's that?" And it was me.
0: Yeah. Well, we have a lot to talk about today. Of course, New Jersey and Summerhouse both Lots to get into. I did want to note, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City have been seen filming in Scottsdale, Arizona. So they are, you know, off Ooh. to the races on their new season.
2: I have to say, I fell off the season. I stopped watching. Wow. How, I'm sorry. Was
0: there, a, was there a moment that got you to stop watching, or you just were busy one week and then you never caught up?
2: I don't think there was one moment. I think I was just kind of like... I don't know. Again, I think I've I've said this before on this podcast where it's like I don't really feel like connected to any of the mm. of the characters. I don't really feel invested in their storyline. It's only been I guess it's only been two seasons. So there's like you can't go that far back. But there's just like a lot of like unnatural drama in the show that just is a little bit of a turnoff to me. Like I don't believe I don't believe I feel like most of it is like for the cameras. And I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't feel real to me.
0: I feel that. I think we've seen that a little bit with OC this season too, maybe, where it feels a little forced. Whereas Jersey, now that they've had the same cast for four seasons, and obviously some of them go back even further than that, it really feels like everybody kind of has authentic dynamics with each other, whether they're friends or whether they're enemies or somewhere in between. Um, I think Jersey kind of is exemplifying that idea of a group with real layered dynamics between them.
2: I totally agree. I think like that's like sort of the beauty of when you keep a, the same cast. It's like everyone, you kind of feel like you know everyone and you understand the dynamics. And that just to me makes the show a bit more enjoyable or if it seems like the foundation is strong. And I don't fully get that from um, Salt Lake City. And I agree with you. Also, OC, this season where it kind of feels like a little disjointed like I don't know. I mean, I'm excited. I know you're having a very special guest on tomorrow. So yes,
0: uh, make sure to su- you're subscribed to the podcast because tomorrow we have Ms. Fancy Pants herself, Heather Dubrow, coming on the podcast. Very exciting. Um, but let's dive into New Jersey. Why we are here today? Uh, the ladies are heading down the shore, but before we can get there, we have to finish up our business at Jackie's fake frat party. Yes, I was. I was a little disappointed to see after that To Be Continued ending how quickly uh, Jackie and Dolores sort of smoothed over their issues. I always feel like with the To Be Continued, you expect that there's going to be more drama on the next episode. And it kind of felt like we just had the the tail end of it.
2: Totally. It was like um, clickbait drama. Like not yeah. actually, not, you didn't really get a huge fallout. But you did get like rising tensions, I think, between the two too. So I was okay with that.
0: Yeah, I think the Jackie and Dolores dynamic is interesting, because it's not that they've never disagreed on anything before, but they've never had sort of a central conflict in the group. And after the big blow up at that party, they are kind of able to, you know, they tone things down a little bit, but clearly things are still tense between them. And we see sort of throughout this episode, Dolores is... Laying the groundwork of an issue with Jackie, based on this comment she made about Bill at Teresa's pool party, mm-hmm. and I just okay. Let's be a hundred about it. Saying that Bill stuck his dick in someone else is not a nice th- way to put it. It's not elegant. It's a little bit sure. crude. But I just I can't. I didn't think it was that, that, that upset about it.
2: <laughs> I didn't think it was that. Of- Honestly, it's a fact. I mean, like the way she said it, not like what she said. If she said it to her face, would I say it was actually? I feel like even if she said it to her face, that's what he did. I feel like Jennifer is so protective of Bill that it's like she's a little unreasonable. Like that wasn't that big of a deal to me, right?
0: It. I think we see in a lot of situations on Housewives where somebody is trying to be protective of their marriage or their family or whatever. And they sort of take out their frustrations on the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And I think we have kind of a double version of that here where Jennifer, Jennifer, you know, wants to protect her husband and her kids and her image of her family. And then, Del- and she's taking it out on Jackie a little bit. And then Dolores at the same time, I think is really going through it with David more than maybe she's letting on and so it kind of feels like she's piling onto Jackie, and you know, at the end of the day, maybe Jackie, yeah, maybe it's not the exact way she should have phrased it, but <laughs> Bill's the one who cheated on Jennifer. Said. Yeah, yes. I
2: think we're we're sort of like ignoring the real, and I think that was the most interesting part. I like the conversation between Margaret and Jennifer when they like not exactly mm-hmm. made up, but they seem like they like had a real honest conversation that wasn't just like insulting each other for no reason. Like they fully, they got like a layer deeper. I thought, and I thought it was a very astute comment by Margaret where she's like, she's basically like Jennifer's whole goal is to just protect bill. And she's, and what she was saying, it was like, I, yeah, of course I keep saying nice things about him. Like I want to keep him. I want to like, I don't want him to cheat again. And then Margaret being like, well, that's, it's not your fault that he cheated. Like there's like that. She's sort of pointing out this deeper issue in their marriage, which is that, you know, Jennifer almost like takes the, she's so upset about, uh, about the cheating almost less because Bill cheated on her. And it's more like, what did I do wrong? That bill
0: was decided he needed to like find something else,
2: which is sad to me. The whole thing was like
0: kind of sad. Right. And I think it's easy to look at the two of them and say, Okay, Jennifer and Margaret are not really each other's cup of tea, and they will probably never be good friends. But I think it was nice to see them find that little thread of common ground where Jennifer can acknowledge part of the reason I have said some of these things to you is because I am triggered by the fact that you were a cheater and my husband was a cheater. And that feels threatening to me. And so even if they're not going to come to a higher place of we love each other now, the fact that they can sort of keep it real was I was thankful to see that.
2: Well, it was funny. I agree with that. And I think it was funny because like like Jennifer was comparing, uh, I guess, Margaret to like the woman who cheated on her, cheated with Bill saying like she was bragging when really Margaret is Bill in the situation. Right. She's the bill. And I think that's Jennifer's not admitting that because she loves bill and she doesn't want to compare him to Margaret. But like <laughs> in the situation she's, I think when she's mad at Margaret, she's actually mad at bill. Like she, cause bill, cause that's who she is. She's the person who her biggest fear is that bill becomes Margaret leaves his family and is happier. Cause that's what Margaret's always saying. I was in a bad marriage. I, you know, I stepped outside of my marriage and I got in a new relationship and I'm I'm obsessed with my husband. I'm so happy. And I think that is the, the she's calling it. She's comparing Margaret to the mistress,
0: but she really, Margaret is really like bill. Right. And I think Jennifer would do well to recognize that while cheating is never the right thing to do. There are to me times when it's, it is a mistake, like a one time type of thing, you know, you do something and you regret it. And then there are other situations, which, is more like what happened to Margaret where you do something because you're in a bad situation and it is almost like a stepping stone out of that situation. And I think in that way, Bill and Margaret clearly cheated for different reasons and didn't have the same outcome. But I, I it makes sense why Jennifer kind of can't help but equate those in her mind. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, I think that was a nice moment between them. And totally. I think this group benefits from people being able to kind of patch things up little by little as we go. And so, you know, I, we don't want 18 episodes of things being so heightened and toxic between Jennifer and Margaret, because then there's not going to be any peaks and valleys of the season.
2: I agree. I think they did a good job of like, not being fake about it, like, oh, we're best friends, but sort of like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. Um, And that's kind of nice to see when there's just like a lot of bad energy.
0: a commendable job of stepping up for Jennifer, sort of recognizing that Jennifer, especially when Teresa is not there, doesn't really have much support on her side. And recognizing that, hey, even if we don't always get along, or even if you've done something to me in the past, I can still take this opportunity to be a good person, to be there for you when you really need someone on your team. And I like seeing that. I think a lot of people sort of give Jackie unnecessary shit for I don't even know, being boring, not liking Teresa. But I think Jackie is one of those people where she is – she has like a real emotional compass where it's like she can kind of sense who needs her support right. and step in even if they're not besties.
2: She's not just blindly on her on her one team as you see a lot of these Real Housewives franchises where people are just like, this is – okay, this is my friend. I don't really care what they're saying. I'm going to back them up regardless. Or I'm not going to back them up regardless. Um, I agree. Jackie has a little bit more of a nuanced um, way about her. And I also find it interesting that um, I know we'll talk about Teresa in a bit, but the fact that they're really leaving, everyone is almost making a concerted effort to leave Teresa all- out of any drama that doesn't involve Louie. Like, mm-hmm. she is not thrown into this mix at all. Like, there's no, because you could probably. Jackie could probably have said the same thing about Teresa as she said about Dolores or she could, you know what I mean? Like Dolores could be like talking more about like what Teresa, like, like throwing Teresa's opinion into this mix anymore somewhat, or like discussing how good of a friend she is to Jennifer, but no one's touching that, which I thought was also kind of interesting. They're leaving her alone.
0: Yeah. We're sort of seeing this season and we're only a few episodes in, but it feels like Teresa is a little bit removed from the, overall group dynamic, like you said, except for when it comes to what's up with Louie. And I don't know if it's maybe that she herself has retreated from the group a little bit as she's in her love bubble, or if maybe, I don't know if it's coming from a production direction. Like, we're not gonna, we're gonna focus mainly for Teresa on this Louie stuff. And other than that, you guys can kind of play play with each other over in the corner or like it, it does seem a little bit like I know Teresa was you know with Adriana at dance but <laughs> like she's <laughs> removed right yeah yeah and she clearly has strong ties to a lot of these women I mean we've seen her get into it with Margaret she goes way back with Dolores she's been kind of Jennifer's closest friend in the group so it is interesting that she seems a little bit unconcerned with everything that's going on you know she's doing her Choppy Facetime from Boston, but she's kind of like, "Oh, what, what's going on?" Oh, she doesn't even
2: right. She doesn't seem to have opinions even like like they're very passing, fleeting opinions. She does not really seem concerned with the drama in the group, and I thought it was so absurd that like Dolores tells her she broke up with David, her boyfriend, for how many years, and a week ago, and she didn't tell her, and she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry," and that was like the extent that Teresa was commenting on this breakup for her like. BFF yeah. Dolores. It was like, when they were she's at so the
0: self-centered. Beach, when they were at the beach, she barely looked up from her phone. And you know she was probably just texting Louis while he was, you know, on the totally. way down or something. Um, but yeah, we did. I liked seeing the whole Catania family together. We haven't actually seen very much of that because it doesn't sound like that's happened very much in the past at all. Right. Um, and I, it's kind of fascinating to see how their kids... Relationship with their father is because I think because we've seen so much of Frank and Dolores together on the show, you kind of forget how much Frank really wasn't present while those kids were growing up. And so watching them sort of navigate that now that the kids are adults, it really is quite interesting.
2: Totally. I mean, I got. A, I would say I got a little too much information about every single member of that family's sex life during that dinner <laughs> conversation. It was like a little much for me <laughs> to hear about every single one of them and and what they're.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like well, when your friend when your friend from Texas was there, that you were making too much noise.
2: Oh my god, yeah. And I mean, I think it's funny that you get the layers of Frank because Frank, I mean, much beloved beloved. Uh, Jersey character and I think he's really entertaining and he's probably someone you'd want to be like friends with he seems like he's like a really fun friendly guy but like as it comes to him as like a family guy I don't I feel like his relationship with his kids is much more like friends even with Dolores again they're much more like friends that don't really get a feeling like he's super sacrificial for his family like the fact that he couldn't even understand that his daughter just didn't want to hear him having sex is like with a in his mother's house with, like, a different woman when the whole reason his parents, that he wasn't around was because he was cheating on their mom when he was younger. I'm sure she has, like, a lot of... She calls him Frank, too. She doesn't even call him dad. So, to me, like, there's a lot more there than they're really showing. I'm sure she has a lot of resentment towards him. And I can kind of, like... He doesn't really seem to care that much he's kind of like i'm doing what i'm doing and like my kids aren't really telling me what to do gonna be telling me what to do but he doesn't really seem to have like a fatherly role he almost seems just like a friend of everyone there almost like david
0: (laughs) well even just the fact that he basically says he hasn't had a real home or at at least not a place that he really has consistently been you know he's like i guess you would say my shore house but like what i don't know like that's it's not a situation where that's a father figure that you can kind of count on if you need a place to stay or if you want to go visit. Totally. Or it's I think that's a tough thing to deal with, I'm sure, growing up. And it seems like Frankie and Gabrielle have both kind of handled it. You, you know, they haven't let it affect their kind of life trajectory too much, but I'm sure that internally they have a lot of complicated feelings about him. And now that he's coming back to live with them i can't um, i that sounds (laughs) kind of shitty honestly
2: yeah i feel bad for like especially gabrielle i just feel like there's she hasn't really had an outlet to probably i mean it's weird they never even addressed the fact that she calls him frank i find that to be like very bizarre like that's her dad she calls him frank
0: yeah i don't know people have (laughs) (laughs) i try not. i feel like i don't You know, everybody has, like, different ways of dealing with their parents. But it is a little strange, at least. Yeah,
2: it just goes to me. To me, it just goes to show how not in that role he has ever been for her. Like, it doesn't seem like he's ever acted like a dad. And again, I like Frank. I think he's, like, a funny, fun character that, like, brings a little, like, levity to the show. And his relationship with Dolores is, like, pretty funny and seems like... It's just, like, a fun thing that goes on. But it's interesting to see, like, how in other ways...
0: Orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. So we head down the shore and for once again, we're split up into some different houses. So we've got Melissa and Joe's house where Jackie, Tracy, and Margaret are all staying. And then we, Dolores and Frank are in their house. And then Teresa is staying with Jennifer and Bill in their rented home at the shore because Teresa has a house full of kids. And <laughs> this is like a funny thing that keeps coming up. It's like, "Good, Teresa staying with Jennifer? Yeah, she's got a house full of kids. It's <laughs> Don't they all have a house full of kids? I'm like very confused. Right, like Olivia and Gabby right. are sitting at the table. <laughs> it's like, is right. this better? I did think the scene where... Teresa and Jennifer are sitting in these beach chairs, and you know they're kind of shooting the shit. And then Teresa just decides that Jennifer is going to host her barbecue that night. I it was like so funny. Jennifer to me.
2: is like so she's a she's definitely like Teresa's like minion. I feel yeah. like she like will carry out her order. Like she Teresa has a good like hold on her. I would say, and that was very illustrative there.
0: Just the the idea of saying like, well, like I'll still host the barbecue but you know <laughs> it's still my barbecue we're just gonna do it here like, we're just gonna inconvenience your family yeah i wonder what the real
2: reason for that was
0: yeah like our i can't remember have we seen louis kids on camera at all maybe it was something with that
2: we saw his brother i don't know if his kids were on interesting that might be it or maybe maybe like gia wanted to have like her own shore party
0: yeah maybe she there wanted was some- house. Maybe there was, like, some underage drinking going on over at the Judice house.
2: That sounds most likely to me. Like, her kids are throwing their own party.
0: Exactly. Um, so we all have the beach day. And this is where we see Dolores kind of, I think, being a little bit messy by telling Jennifer what Jackie said about Bill. But then we also see kind of the other half of the cast whispering a little bit about Louie, And it's a little bit unclear... We haven't really, We haven't gotten on the show exactly what they're talking about. Jennifer, Margaret says there's a new story out. We see some social media kind of screenshots and they're all kind of talking the producer later says every the story is out there. I so there are multiple kind of stories about Louie that are out there. I don't know which one they're referring to at this point because it seems like we've already dealt with the video. So, it might be the thing there's his ex fiance who has accused him of being abusive and just kind of a creep essentially okay. um and she's the one who had said a lot of the stuff about love bombing and that it was like a hard relationship to get out of and she did that that like wedding dress run thing to like raise awareness. I don't know it was the whole okay. thing um but. That might be what they're talking about. I'm not positive, but clearly there is some rumor in the air that everyone is kind of getting on the same page with during this episode.
2: Right. I definitely want to know what the rumor is, because, like, I don't remember there being anything that was, like, so incredibly explosive that it would cause, like, him to just be like, I'm not coming and, like...
0: Right. So it's it's a little... It's a little unclear kind of what the timeline is of this happening because they have this nice afternoon at the beach. We see some people talking about Louie, but none of it ever gets brought to Teresa. And then back at Jennifer's house, they're, you know, gonna start getting ready for this barbecue. And then clearly, I I have a feeling, even though the fourth wall gets broken here, I have a feeling there's more production stuff going on. Like maybe. Production has been talking to the other women about the stuff with Louis, and maybe they have decided that it's going to come up at the party that night, and, you know, Louis is on his way, and maybe he gets wind of this. That is kind of, in my mind, the most likely scenario, because clearly there is some communication that has happened between Louis and Teresa, and all, and all of a sudden, it has shit has hit the fan, even right. though Louis doesn't ever appear on camera.
2: I want to know what the demiked conversation was that she had with Louie where she was like on the phone, and then right. he takes off the mic. I wish they had like pressed further against that door or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, put the boom right? mic in the door, <laughs> right? Um,
0: like the w- one they had for Lisa Barlow. We um, <laughs> really yes. wanted to know. I know we. There needs to be like a. a do we need to hide microphones in these houses? You know, I, like they do on Summer House. There's just cameras in every room. I think. They need to get some better <laughs> surveillance technology.
2: Right. I guess on Summer House they like own that they like own the house. Like I'm sure they they obviously pay for the house. So right. it's probably easier for them to like hide <sighs> mics all over the place.
0: <laughs> I remember I heard the um the executive producer of Below Deck talking once about how the first season of Below Deck, they were like, Oh yeah, we'll just put, you know, a camera here, a camera there, we'll get what we get. And then at a certain point they were like, "No, we need cameras absolutely everywhere, everywhere.
2: <laughs> completely. Yeah, I mean that's sort of like you get the free stay, you got the, we need we need all all the rooms,
0: exactly. Um, but clearly, whatever has happened off camera, off mic, there has been a breakdown in this Louis and Teresa situation, and Teresa's not having it. I." I love a a storm off, a fourth wall moment is always fun, but I am, I'm getting a little nervous that Teresa seems a little bit done with the show in a way that she, I feel like she has always really played along. And this season, she seems a little bit less willing to kind of do what needs to be done for the show.
2: And I saw your tweet and I thought that was a real, you know, where you were like, I hope she doesn't like totally get off the show because for love. Um, and part of me has, would think that would be possibility, but part of me is like Teresa also loves, I think the attention and like being the OG and like the fan base. And I don't, I know she loves Louie, but like, I feel like she equally loves that. I could see a situation maybe where he wouldn't be on, but I don't, I think she could probably, she has enough power on the show where she could maybe maneuver that. But, um, I don't know. I feel like she's, like, this is this is now, like, who she is. She is, like,
0: Real Housewives in New Jersey. Right. And I think it'll be telling where to see where we end up at the end of this season. If there is kind of a redemption arc for Louis, or if we end the season in a place where he's still kind of constantly under fire, I think that could have an impact on it. Like, if Teresa comes to this reunion and feels like, she's going to be grilled about louis the whole time. I could see that kind of pushing her toward leaving whereas if they kind of are like okay, we talked about the rumors, but we love louis, it's all good, then she wouldn't really have a reason to leave. So I think it'll be um I'll be curious to see in the next, you know, couple months how that kind of unfolds. Do you think louis and teresa will last? Um I think that they will Probably last, like you, you know, long enough. L- yeah, I think they'll get married. I think they'll last long enough that it won't be a uh, Luann and the and Tom Tom type of situation. I don't know if I think they'll be together forever. That seems like <laughs> a lot to ask for. I don't know. Yeah, um, but I I could also see it being the kind of situation where maybe even if things aren't great, Teresa has told herself that this is her forever. And so mm-hmm. they do stay together. I don't know. I mean, it's hard. When you Teresa's never wanted... in,
2: she's in. Like if you look at her with Joe, like
0: so many red flags with Joe. Right. And I think with Joe, it really took, we saw how much it took to get her to the point of not pretending everything was okay. And I just feel like it would be tough for her to kind of accept that, quote unquote, I think she would label it a failure again.
2: Right. Yeah. I think she is like again, I don't know if she's super loyal to her friends, but she's definitely loyal to like whatever guy she's with until like she can't be anymore. Even Joe, she's still like she still doesn't really say anything bad about Joe. She's generally like you know what I mean? She definitely doesn't demonize Joe, especially not the way her brother does. She's she's pretty she she's pretty like neutral to positive feelings about him, it seems to me.
0: Yeah, I think I think now that the legal problems are in the rearview mirror, she's like, yeah, we're not together, but he's the father of my kids and we're not going to badmouth him because that's not what we do. Which I I respect, you know, it's not necessarily the way I would go about it. Not that I've been in a situation remotely similar to that, but I get it.
2: Yeah, I think Teresa, for all her faults, and I think she has many, I'm not like generally her biggest fan, I think she is a really good mom. I think she really cares about like her kids being happy and making sure that she's like protective of them.
0: Totally. I definitely agree. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live claret and clear. Use as directed. Let's pivot to Summer House. Um, like you said, we're there. Are cameras everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away. Um, <laughs> so obviously, I mean, the biggest storyline that we're following this season is just the absolute misery of Kyle and Amanda's pre-wedding summer. And oh my God. I, I gotta say, a couple episodes ago, I was like, yeah, maybe things are turning around they're working on it. And this episode just feels like a nosedive back in the wrong direction.
2: Uh, Kyle, I mean, like, I can't believe he's saying those things about her on camera. Those imitations that just made me like, it just kind of feels like they're not a match. You know what I mean? Like, and they neither, right. of, they're too invested to really, I don't even think either of them is like a horrible person. They just like clearly like are not enjoying
0: each other. That's the thing for me is it's one thing to have a big argument or for there to be a specific issue that kind of causes a problem, but it just feels like we're seeing enough. We're seeing them at enough different times in enough different situations. And they never really seem to be enjoying each other's company, to be happy with one another, to be Mm -hmm. affectionate toward one another. And it just is the kind of thing where, Maybe even if they were a couple that had some bigger issues to work out, you would still see the other side of it where at the end of the day, it's all worth it. And it's like, is that happening here?
2: Right. Or like a line that they wouldn't cross when like speaking about each other or like, do you know what I mean? Even when he was like complaining to Danielle about their relationship and saying like, well, this is all we have in common. She's just nagging me and she's he's like imitating her and she is kind of nagging him, but. Clearly, like, the way to deal with that is not to go complain on camera to someone else in the
0: house. Yeah, the conversation with Danielle was pretty bleak because I just feel like it was coming from a place of he just needs to get this off his chest and he has all this frustration built up. And I think Danielle, you know, they've known each other for a long time. She is kind of a sympathetic person. But... At the end of the day, she also is friends with Amanda. And clearly now that he's unloaded all of this on her, Danielle really feels like she has some responsibility to kind of pass along the message in a way. And she doesn't tell Amanda this episode, but she brings it up to the other women in the house kind of being like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this information?
2: Right. And also, like, even though she is friends with Amanda, they are probably closer to her. So they're kind of like, maybe she's kind of like, maybe you should like... uh step right. in and just make sure it's all okay. It's also funny when they were having, first of all, Kyle Stye on his yeah, eye God. is like, should be a character itself because like I, to me it was like sort of like the physical manifestation of all of like the shit that's going on in his life. Like, um, but honestly their list of wedding to do's is not that crazy. That's like exactly. I'm having, having someone who's recently just planned <laughs> my own wedding that they're exactly where they're supposed to be for being two months out. I'm not really sure why they would bring their invitations to the house to have everyone touching them. And like, like, why not just do that in your apartment before you leave? That to me was kind of weird.
0: That felt like a recipe for disaster to me. She's like, don't put a drink near the invitations. It's like, maybe don't bring the invitations where there are drinks. Exactly. Don't bring them to your summer house with like 10
2: drunk people who are like (laughs) lunatics all the time. Do that in your like apartment separately. Um, but they, I don't think their wedding stuff was that stressful, especially when they were listing it out. And it was funny because I saw your sc- tweet screenshotting it. They listed out the invitations as like four different things. It was like, put the invitation in the envelope, close the invitation. Like, that can all be listed lick, under lick the <laughs>
0: envelope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's
2: yeah. like,
0: it's when you're, sometimes I'll do that if I am in a mood where I'm like, let me make a to do list for myself. I'm like so I can cross okay. it out. Yeah. So the first thing I have to do is like, drink water. The second thing I have to do is like make sure I eat. And then I get like six things down the to-do list before any of it is like a meaningful task.
2: Exactly. Some like low-hanging fruit. You can like <laughs> cross you can write and then immediately cross off and feel like you're being productive. But yeah, I don't think their wedding um issue is that they have a lot of shit to do. Their wedding issue is that they don't really like each other. Yeah.
0: Right. That all of the planning stuff seems worse than it is because the wedding isn't actually this joyous event at the end right right now it's like this doomsday clock of (laughs) i guess we're actually doing this
2: yeah i mean it's so interesting how much time is two months until their wedding i'm interested to see like they must turn turn, do you think that's almost part of the plot where like they turn it around at the 11th hour and they're both so excited like that's gotta be right
0: i guess they looked they looked happy in the pictures
2: (laughs) yeah I don't know. I mean, I guess they definitely need some like couples counseling because I hope hope what they don't do is that at the end, they're just like, we're both going to try really harder and we're going to be really excited about this wedding because that's not really solving any of the issues. I hope there's like some sort of resolution where they like fully look into themselves and like why they want to be there and then really feel like they're excited.
0: Right. I feel like we're just going to get, like, dead-in-the-eyes thing, and they're gonna be like, I remembered how much I love Kyle.
2: Right. (laughs) Like, that's not...
0: uh, (laughs) Uh, We'll see. I The other question mark of a couple that could be potentially maybe happening at some point, do we think Sierra is into Alex at all? Because she is saying, she's implying that she could be, and she's saying she needs more effort, more aggression, as Paige says. But I just don't, to me, I feel like she's literally just saying that to have something to say. I don't I think see it she's at
2: all. yeah, I think she's a little bored in the house. like she would like a love interest. She's like not really sure about Carl or like both of them are like kind of half in sort of interested in each other, but not like fully or I think it would have happened already. and I think she's kind of like, oh, well, I guess I could be like with Alex like we did make out. he's like, fine, like I could like. If Maybe if he, like, really tried and pursued me, I could, like, get into it. But I agree. I don't think she... I'm not getting major chemistry with her and anyone in the house at the moment.
0: I thought it was a pretty big red flag when Alex said that on his move on a first date is to get three drinks before the person (laughs) person gets there. I'm like, I get, you know, order... Have a glass of wine at home before you leave. Maybe, you know, have one drink to take the edge off a little bit. Make yourself feel a little more comfortable but he's basically saying that he needs to get drunk before he has any kind of romantic interaction. It's like, that is not a good sign.
2: And I get that he, he keeps saying that he's like shy and he's reserved and he doesn't, he's not like the center of attention. So maybe it is like, I'm so anxious about like having to be in a social situation, but I agree. He should probably like internally reflect on how drunk he needs to be before he even gets there. Um, right three
0: drinks is not a little liquid courage that's like no i want to be i want to be like tipsy by the time i show up
2: totally especially if you're having like three grams of lean turkey as your,
0: oh. <laughs> as your meal it's definitely <laughs> gonna get you pretty drunk that's like more, three drinks is more calories than he's eaten all day 100 <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent yeah i just like I don't know, Alex, I think this is not a hot take at all at this point, but he's just not bringing much to the table for me. And I think this Sierra thing is, I don't know whether it's the producers or whether it's, you know, them kind of acting on their own, but it feels like an attempt to kind of loop him into some Mm -hmm. kind of storyline, but I just don't see it really going anywhere.
2: I feel like he and Luke might be on the chopping block for next season? Because Luke hasn't done anything either, really.
0: Yeah, Luke's whole thing this year is so strange, because I feel like the last couple seasons that he was on, he was so involved in what was going on, his whole dynamic with Hannah, you know, just like Mm -hmm. a lot of it felt like he was kind of central to the plot. He brought Sierra on last year, but I, I don't know if it's just that he's too much of a normal chill guy when he's not in some relationship situation or if he really is just kind of disinterested in being there but i mean he's bringing absolutely nothing nothing to the table
2: (laughs) yeah he doesn't really get any screen time but also because he's not doing or saying anything like or even like personally i have no we have no idea what's even going on with him like personally like is he dating is he interested in dating is he interested in anyone in the house there's really no there's like He's just kind of there. They, he's there and they show him in confessionals commenting about what, how, you know, how much outdoor, what kind of outdoor things he could do with $200,000. That was like it.
0: Right. Like his only, <laughs> his only moment this episode was being shocked at how expensive a wedding is, which let's be honest, weddings are expensive. We all,
2: totally. we all know. And last season he, he was like fighting, obviously not only with like the Hannah Sierra situation, but he was fighting with Kyle and Carl. Do you remember like they had that?
0: Yeah, it it does seem like he's mellowed out considerably. But also thinking back to Winterhouse, you know, he wanted to sit outside and build an igloo. Like maybe he just isn't. He seems like somebody who maybe isn't actually that cut out for reality TV. And because of specific circumstances, he was important in the last couple seasons. But now we're kind of seeing him at equilibrium and there's just not a lot happening there.
2: Good for his life in general, bad for his life on the show.
0: That's true. Yeah, good for his life in general. (laughs) Good for him. But get off our screens. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, this has been great. I'm excited to do it all again next week. Uh, Make sure to listen to Jordana on You Up and at Betches and, you know, everywhere you listen to this. Um, Yes. thanks Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. Totally. And in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review and follow Mention It All wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. and just be cool. Don't be all like uncool.
1: Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter.
0: batches